right, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Turn with me to John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? Amen. Amen. We have got a great lesson tonight. Uh, the lesson is going to be dependent on how good you pray. So if it's no good, it's your fault. <clears throat> We're going to pray and, and ask the Lord to help us. This is, this is, this is really an eye-opening eye-opening study. Uh, we're going to look at we're going to look at the story of Lazarus, the story of the one who died and Jesus brought back to life. Can you know you ever use your imagination and just think about that story? Lazarus is dead. He's been in paradise for four days, living it up, living the dream, and all of a sudden he hears his name, and he's got to go back. <clears throat> see, I see y'all don't have a sense of humor. <clears throat> Can you imagine? I mean, being in paradise four days and hearing the word, now i got to go back to where I was, where I was sick. Uh, it's just something to think about. Amen? Here, here we are in, in the last, this is really uh, the last miracle that John records. You know, we said, it, it says there's many signs, and, and the word sign is a Greek word, simian, which means uh, there is a message behind the miracle. And there were seven of them, seven specific ones that John gave. Well, this is the last one before Jesus goes to the cross that John records and gives to us. Uh, this is the most climactic. Uh, this is kind of like, uh, this is like the, the big crescendo at the end of his earthly ministry before uh, the cross and before the resurrection. Uh, this is the one that probably uh, generates the most attention and it, and it stirs up the, the, the Sanhedrin and the, or the, the, the Pharisees in such a way uh, it, it just causes, it really is what propels Jesus to the cross. But here we're going we're, we're gonna to look at something. I don't want you to look at Lazarus though. I don't want you to look at the miracle itself. I want you to look at what the miracle says about Jesus. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. It's all about Jesus. The miracle is about Jesus. What does it say about Jesus? What do we see in Jesus? What, uh, what, what is revealed to us about our Messiah through this particular miracle? If you're with me, say amen. It says in John chapter number 11, it says in verse number 1, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose, bra whose brother Lazarus was sick. We'll, we'll see that coming in chapter 12. Uh, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. Now that's important. That verse is very, very important. John is giving you, he's, 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 he's telling the story. He's telling how it unfolds. He's telling everything that happens. He's telling you, he just got through telling you that Lazarus is sick. Uh, he has two sisters. They are concerned about him. And so they send word to Jesus. And, and now John, it's, it's like he stops a minute. It's like he stops in his narration. He stops telling the story. Just to let you know something, just so you're sure about something. And what is that something? Now, in other words, John is saying this. Now, before I say anything else, I need you to know something. Before I tell you any more about the story, before I tell you what, and, and right now, in just a minute, I'm fixing to tell you something that Jesus says and something that Jesus does, and it's not going to make sense, but before I tell you that, I need you to know 
He loved them. If that makes sense, say amen. He loves them. Before I tell you, you just got to know he loves them. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick. This is Jesus. When he had heard that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He didn't move. He didn't get in a hurry. He didn't say, hey, let's go do something. He, he did nothing. He did nothing. He delayed. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Now the point Jesus is making here is that there is a time to work, and there is a time not to work. There is a time for me to do what I do, and there's a time for me uh, to be gone. The night is, is in this particular chapter, in this particular verse, is re in referencing his death, and he's going to be departing. In other words, it, just to make it real simple, he's saying, as long as I'm here doing what my father says to do, we're all good. The devil's gunpowder cannot burn as long as I'm doing what God has appointed me, that my father has sent me to do. If that makes sense, say amen. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, I want to tell you what Jesus said about that. Now, before I read this, remember what he said. I love them. I love Mary. I love Martha. And I love Lazarus. But watch what Jesus said. Verse 15. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Hmm. I'm glad. For your sakes, the disciples, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may, what's that word? Believe. Believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Lord, I, I know, I know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, non-deserving of your, your love. And, and your touch and your calling and your presence. But God, I'm desperately needing you tonight. I pray that you'll touch my mind. I pray that you'll touch this word. I believe I have your word. I believe I have the message you want me to deliver. But Lord, I need your unction. I can't do it without you. Lord, I pray that you'll forgive us for all of our sin, all of our disobedience, all of uh, any attitude, any hindrance, anything that would keep the Holy Spirit from uh, moving in this place. We need you. Lord, I need you. I need you to speak through me. God, I pray, help us open our minds and open our hearts to your word tonight. And God, I'll thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. I want to take through this lesson, and really, the first few points, first couple points, is really a way of introduction. I want to tell you about that and use that as an introduction to get to the main body of the lesson, the main body of the teaching, 
and what we really want to study and what we really want to see tonight, and that is all about Jesus and what we see in Jesus. But in order to really understand it uh, better and get a, a better view of it, let's, let's take these first points and, and kind of set the table, if you will. Here we find Jesus coming to the, uh, the last few days, the last few uh, 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 hours of his life, if you will. He's really in the shadow of the cross already. They, they've been threatening him. Uh, they, they're wanting to take his life. The Jewish uh, leaders have, have, have been talking about it. The last couple times he's been back in Judea, uh, they wanted to stone him, and they tried to stone him, and he escaped out of their, uh, out of their clutches. And, and now here he is ministering, and you've you got a family you got a family that we read about. And so here, here we find uh, the, the first number one, if you take a note, if you're writing these things down, uh, I want you to see the sisters. I want you to see the sisters in this, in this story. In this story, let's look at them first. First, I want you to see this. I want you to see their connection. Write that down in your notes. Uh, their, their connection. How are they connected to Jesus? What, what do they have to do with this story? Uh, if you will remember, if you will remember, when, when they came to follow Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Uh, foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, Jesus didn't have a permanent structure. Jesus didn't have a permanent home. Uh, Jesus was uh, a transient, if you will. He moved from place to place, and he was dependent on people to minister to him. And this particular family was a friend of Jesus, most, most likely by reading the, the, the accounts of, of his interaction with them and, and the, the accounts of this particular funeral, uh, they were probably a well-off family. Uh, they were probably well-to-do. And, and you have in this household a brother and two sisters. You have Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And, and there were times that as Jesus was ministering, as Jesus was traveling, that he would stay with his family. He would stay, and they would... They would they would feed him, they would care for him, they would minister to him. If you will remember, there were other times when, when, when Jesus and the disciples was at their house. If y'all remember, uh, Martha's all busy. Martha's trying to make food. Martha's trying to prepare. And she gets frustrated because Mary's sitting at his feet hearing his word. How many of y'all remember that? And see, that's part, of the, that's part of their ministry to him. And so there is a close relationship to that. Matter of fact, it was so close that they reminded Jesus of this thing. When they, when they sent a word to him and they sent a message to him, they sent it and said, hey, the one you love is sick. They're reminding him of his closeness to them. They're, he's reminding uh, Jesus of their relationship. So there is a connection. And this connection was more than just a, a Messiah to the Jewish people. This was a connection. They were friends. If that makes sense, say amen. They were friends. They were close. They were not just strangers. This, this was not, this was not uh, just somebody coming up needing a healing or somebody coming up and saying, hey, my son is sick or my daughter is sick. This was, they were close. They had a relationship. So, so there is a connection here with the sisters in Jesus. Now, number two, or B, uh, we not only see their connection, but I want you to see this. I want you to see their crisis. I want you to see their crisis. The Bible says in verse number one, now a certain man was sick. He was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Now you got to understand, you got to understand, in this particular situation, this was not a head cold. He did not have an allergy. 
This was not sinus issues. Are y'all with me? Say amen. This was a sickness. He was dying. He was dying. Uh, he, he was, listen, they were in a crisis situation. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How many of you have ever been in a crisis situation? There was nowhere they could turn. There was nowhere they could go. There was nothing they could do. All they could do was go to Jesus, call on Jesus, cry out to Jesus. Listen, they were in a bad way. They had nothing else they could do. They were in a crisis. So here we find here we find these sisters in a crisis situation, in a brokenhearted situation. And so then see, if you're writing these down, I want you to see this, not only their connection, but I want you to see their crisis. Now I want you to see their call. They send word to Jesus. They send word to Jesus. Now while you're writing that down, I want you to keep this in your mind too. Uh, I wonder wonder how many miracles that this family had already witnessed Jesus performing. If you will remember, the Bible says in the book of John that there were many things that he did. There were so many things that he did that the books of this world could not contain all the deeds and all the miracles and all the works that Jesus had done. And if this family was so close to Jesus... If they were so closely connected to Jesus, there's no telling how many miracles they've seen. There's no telling how many times that they witnessed Jesus heal a blind man and heal a deaf man and heal a lame man, heal a sick man. Not only, listen, not only did he see them touch them, but he, I'm, I'm fairly sure that they probably witnessed the time when the man, listen, the man came to Jesus and said, hey, I have a problem and all Jesus did was speak the word and he healed them from a long distance away and so they know they know that if they can get word to Jesus not only not only could Jesus have prevented him from getting sick but all Jesus would have to do is say the word and surely Surely, if we can just let Jesus know, if we can just get word to Jesus on time, if we can just tell him, Jesus will move on our behalf because we are not strangers. We are not people that he doesn't know. We're friends. He loves us and we love him. We are connected. Surely, Jesus will move on our behalf. All he's got to do is say the word. He doesn't even have to be here. We've seen it happen before. We've seen him heal before. We've seen him say the word and miracles take place. We know he can do it. We've seen him do it. Surely he will do it. So we see their cry, their call. They send a message to Jesus. Now, I, I, I want to, I want to skip and get to the Savior, but let's let's talk about the students just a minute. We're still in the intro, guys. We're still in the intro. Jesus is here with his disciples, and by the way, the students are the disciples. That's what a disciple is—a learner, a pupil, a student. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Jesus is spending time with him. He's spending time with these guys, and he's trying to develop their faith. He's trying to build their faith. 
He's trying to disciple them and teach them and develop them because there was a day that he was going to be taken out and they were going to be left here upon this world and in this crooked generation to, to raise up the church and, and they were going to, they're going to have to be ready. So everything he did, he's trying to develop their faith. He's trying to build their faith. And so, so they're here and they hear the word, uh, Lazarus, is, Lazarus is sick and, 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 and we need to go do something. They, they see Jesus wait. He, he postpones moving for two solid days and, and, and we hear nothing. And, and now all of a sudden, Jesus says, all right, guys, let's go. Let's go. It's time to go. All right, I want you to write these three things down. In the intro, we're, we're still in the intro. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get some steam going here in just a minute, but just let, let's look at this. Let's look at the students first. I want you to see this. I want you to see their concern. Their concern. Verse 8. You, you see, they, 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 they were worried. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute now, Jesus. Now, the last time we was there, the last time we was there, they tried to stone you, man. This is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. We're, we, we, we might die. As a matter of fact, they were so convinced about them dying that when they, they determined they was going to go, Thomas said, hey, guys, come on, let's go die with him. Y'all with me? So they were concerned. They said, listen, we, 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 we don't need to do this. This is not a good idea. Not only do we see their concern, but I want you to see their confusion. Their confusion. This is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. He said, let me tell you something. Uh, Lazarus is... Lazarus is sleeping, and we're going to wake him up. Now, we know, we know what Jesus was talking about because we have the rest of the Bible, and we understand the, 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 the terminology that they would use in the New Testament about somebody had died, that they were asleep. We see that in you know, 1 Thessalonians. He uses that reference to people that have died and gone on. Uh, he uses the term sleep. And what Jesus was saying is Lazarus is dead, but he used the terminology sleeping. And so uh, the, the disciples are like many of us. We're a little thick, amen. We don't get it every, every time. And, and, and so here was their thinking. Here's was their, you know, uh, they're, they're thinking about this. Well, man, if he's sleeping, he's going to do all right. He's getting better. Let's don't bother him. Y'all with me? We, we, it's best just to just, just leave him alone and, and everything's going to be all right. I still think they were thinking about their own skin just a little bit right there. But they said, we don't need to bother him if he's getting better. And so, so Jesus just comes on out and says it. Hey, guys, Lazarus is dead. Can y'all imagine? Can y'all imagine what the disciples was thinking at that moment? Because, see, they'd done seen him heal all them other people too. And they were witnesses of the relationship that Jesus had with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And, and now all of a sudden Jesus said he's dead? Maybe they're thinking, what's the use then? Why go risk our life if he's already dead? I mean, what, what's, uh, really? He said, we're going. Look what it says. Look what it says. The Bible says, how be it Jesus spake of his death. Verse 13. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is what? Dead. He's dead. Number C. We see the students, now, now keep that word in your head, student. We see their concern, we see their confusion, but then, then see, I want you to see this. I want you to see their curriculum. Their curriculum. What is curriculum? Something that's used to teach you something. Something that's used to teach you something. I, 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 I really, I, I burnt down a thesaurus trying to find me a C word that, that fit what I want to tell you. 
I did. I, I, I looked and looked and looked, and this word kept popping up, this word kept popping up. And, and I'm like, Lord, that, that, that's going to sound a little confusing. I don't know if that's going to fit. He said, oh, it's going to fit. It's going to fit. And boy, I begin to think about it, and I begin to see what Jesus was trying to teach here. Curriculum, it's something, it's a tool that's used to teach you something, to teach you facts, to teach you truth. Now, what, what, did, what do we say in the very next verse? What, where, what is the curriculum? What is the curriculum that Jesus is using to teach them something? Look what he says. He says, listen, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you will believe. I need you to believe that I am who I say I am. Your faith is critical. Your belief in me is critical. It is important. It is the most principal thing in life for you to know who I am and believe in me. Say amen. amen. And so here's the point. Here's the point. Jesus used a tragedy. Jesus used a terrible thing. Jesus used a painful situation. you got to understand, there was no morphine. There was no anesthesia. There was, this was a time when these sisters watched their brother fighting for his breath, fighting for his breath, going through the death rattle and dying and dying. And Jesus says, I'm glad I wasn't there. What's the point? How many times in our life have we felt like Jesus wasn't there? Jesus wasn't there when this happened. Jesus wasn't there when my spouse cheated on me. Jesus wasn't there when they walked out. Jesus wasn't there when the accident took place. Jesus wasn't there. And all it is is a, is a tool. All it is is something that Jesus can use to bring glory to the Father and show us something about Him that we never could see otherwise. <clears throat> I don't know about y'all, but I hated school. I did. I ain't never liked school. Everybody saw me, you're going to miss this. You're gonna, that's a, that song's a lie. <laughs> Buddy, when I walked out of Westwood High School, I never looked back. Say amen. I didn't miss Jack. Are y'all with me? And we know God's got a sense of humor because I said, I'm never going to study again. And God calls me to be a preacher. i got to study every day. <laughs> How many of y'all know school's tough sometimes? And see, Jesus is taking them to school. And let me tell you something, guys. Sometimes the curriculum that God uses to teach us faith and build our faith, it's not very comfortable. Sometimes he has to use tragedy. Sometimes he has to use painful situations. Sometimes he has to use things. And, and I think about this now. Why do you think he said, now before I say anything else, you need to know Jesus loved them. Because when I tell you he said... I'm glad I wasn't there. How could he say that? How could he say, I'm glad I wasn't there? This was his friend. This was his buddy. This was people that ministered to him. This was not a stranger on the street. This was people he sat at their table. He ate their food. He slept in their house. But he says, I'm glad I wasn't there. 
Because, because what you're going to get out of it is going to be worth what you go through for it. <laughs> Number three. <clears throat> I want you to see Jesus. The story is not about Lazarus. This story is not even about Mary. Although Mary was committed, although Mary was dedicated, although Mary knew Jesus like most people didn't know Jesus, although Mary was a worshiper, this is not about Mary. This is not about Martha. As, as, as industrious as Martha was, as providing as Martha was, uh, listen, as, as hospitable as Martha was and caring and, 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 and serving as Martha was, this is, this is not about Martha. This, this, is, this, is really, this is really not even primarily about the disciples. This is about Jesus. This is about Jesus. And you know, let me tell you, what, when, when we get warped in our, in our life and we get frustrated in our life and, and we get upset in our life and, and when we start getting mad at God in our life, is when we fail to see that this is not about us, that this is about Him. When we get out of character, what do you mean by getting out of character? We get out of place. We, we forget that, 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 that He's the potter and we're the clay. He, he's the owner of the pasture. We're just the sheep in it. And we forget that, that, that he, he was not made for us. We were made for Him. He's the King. Are y'all with me? We're the subjects. He's the Creator. We are the creatures. And everything that we have, everything that we know, our full purpose for being alive, our full purpose for being created is to bring glory to Him. And, and, and there's a lot of charismatic teaching and prosperity teaching that says that, they, and, 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 and they don't just come out and say it because you, you would know it was a false, false flag then, but they, they just insinuate that God's just waiting up in heaven to fulfill our every wish and our command. And you just speak the word. That's not, that's not the way it is. They called and said, my brother's sick. Help him. My brother's going to die. Do something. Please help us. Now watch this. You're going to see something that's amazing. There are three major offices in the Old Testament. Through the New Testament too, but primarily in the Old Testament. Three major offices. The office of prophet, the office of priest, and the office of king. The office of prophet, the office of priest, and the office of king. Each one of those was committed by God. Each one of those was commissioned by God. Each one of them had their, had their place and had their responsibility. And they had a touch of God upon each one of those offices. And we see Jesus is the only one that ever came and fulfilled all three offices. And for a few moments tonight, if you'll, you'll allow me and you pray for me, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know why, but I feel like that Satan's just fighting this for some reason. And, and you, you pray for him. How many of y'all pray for me? Say amen. 
But I want to show you how Jesus fulfilled the office and, 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 and operated as prophet first and, and then priest and then king in this one story. Here we find Jesus is ministering. Here we find Jesus is serving. And all of a sudden a messenger comes and a messenger shows up. And, and they said, look, Jesus, uh, Mary wanted me to come tell you that Lazarus is sick and it's bad. And it's going to be bad. If you don't do something, he's going to die. He's going to die. But if you will look at the timeline, if you will look at the timeline, you'll find out, you'll find out that he, well, let me, let me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. <clears throat> I'm about to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm about to get ahead of myself. Jesus is ministering. He gets the word. He tells the messenger. He tells the messenger, go back and tell them everything. It's going to be all right. And this is how he worded it. This is how he worded it to the messenger. Look in verse number, look, look here in verse number four. Verse number four. Are you there? Say amen. The Bible says when Jesus heard that, what? He heard that Lazarus was sick. He heard that the one, his friend, his friend was sick. He said this, this sickness is not unto death. Say that with me. This sickness is not unto death. Everybody say it. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Thereby. So I want you to write this down, and then let's talk about it a minute. He declared. Now remember, we're talking about the office of a prophet. As a prophet, a prophet, he, he speaks for God. A, a prophet deals with futuristic events. A prophet comes and he has the authority of the word of God. So he declares a truth. He declares something. What is he declaring? He says, I want you to tell them that this sickness is not unto death. Now that sounds pretty encouraging, doesn't it? That sounds, that sounds pretty cool. That's great, man. That's wonderful. Can you imagine the servant? Can you imagine the servant? He, he's probably friends with Lazarus. He's probably good buddies with Lazarus, and so he's got a word now. He's, he's excited. Man, that's, boy, that's, that's exactly what I want to hear. And in his thinking, he's probably thinking, well, he must have he just snapped his fingers, and he's going to be well when I get back. If this sickness is not unto death, he's already started working. God is in control. Man, this is wonderful. Hey, man. Hey, man. And he heads back. Are y'all with me? Stay with me. Follow me. But there's only one problem. <clears throat> There's only one problem. If we will look at the timeline, how all this took place, look at your notes. Look at your notes. Watch, watch what happens. If we look at the timeline and how long Lazarus had been dead by the time Jesus got there, here's the deal. Day one, day one, the messenger comes to Jesus. What's in parentheses? Lazarus died the day the message was sent. In other words, Jesus did not wait for him to die. He was already dead. But wait a minute, preacher, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just about a few minutes ago, uh, you, you, you said Jesus said this was not unto death. That's exactly what I said. 
Now imagine this. Keep that in your mind. Keep that in your mind. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the same thing Martha thought when the messenger came back. Here comes the messenger. He's, he's happy. He's excited. He done said the word. He was probably expecting Lazarus to meet him on the front porch. And here he comes into town. He's fixing to skip the rail and said, Mary, Martha, I got good news. Jesus said, this is not unto death. And probably Martha comes out. Because she's the spokesman of the home. <laughs> what are you talking about? He died before you ever got to Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that messenger thought? Can you imagine what was going through that messenger? What do you, what do you mean he's dead? I heard Jesus say it. I heard Jesus say that this sickness was not in the death. I, I heard Jesus said, man, I, he said everything was going to be all right. Can you imagine what Martha was thinking? Can you imagine what Mary was thinking? He was dead. And they get word. Now, please use your imagination here. You got to think about this. They get word that Jesus said. You know the one that they believe is God's son who cannot tell a lie, who always tells the truth. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. And what in the world is going on? You got to see. Where are you getting at, preacher? Look at your verse. Look in your notes. <clears throat> He's operating as what? Come on, everybody. He's operating as what? Watch what a prophet does. Romans 4, 17. Watch what a prophet does. And it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. Now watch this. Say it with me. Everybody read this. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. You get it? What was not? He was not living. What did Jesus say? He's living. Because as a prophet, he speaks things that are not as if they were. In other words, he didn't speak as it was. He spoke as it was going to be. In other words, how many times in your life and in my life, everything looked disastrous. Everything looked like it was too late. Everything looked like it was impossible. But Jesus said the word, and the word that he said seemed unbelievable. It seemed impossible. There's no way that could be. But guess what? As a prophet, he speaks the truth, and he will look into our situation, and he will speak things that are not as though they were. He said, hey, listen, this is not under death. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. I can feel Mary and Martha. And I can understand their thinking in this deal. What in the world? What in the world? But as a prophet, Jesus declared, be as a prophet, 
as a prophet, Jesus delays. He delays. Preacher, what are you saying? Write that down and look up at me. Write that down and look up at me. How many of y'all look up at me in the balcony too? In the balcony too. I need everybody's attention on this one. How many of y'all have ever been in a hurry and found out God wasn't? Let's think about this. They're all sitting around. <clears throat> they're all sitting around. And, 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 and whatever they're doing, they're having their, themselves a time. Jesus and the disciples. And this messenger comes up. And this messenger is in a panic. This messenger is in a hurry. This is a serious deal. This is life or death. I got to hurry up and get to Jesus. How many of y'all have ever been in a panic? Come on now, get with me. You're nervous, you're frustrated, you're in a hurry, you're really not thinking right. Here we go, here we go. I got to get to Jesus and finally get to Jesus. And say, hey, hey, Lazarus is sick, man. Lazarus, he's going to die. We need your help. And here's Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Tell him everything's going to be all right. The sickness is not unto death. His voice never raised, his blood pressure never changed. It almost, it almost seems as if he didn't care. But see, he's operating as a prophet. As a prophet, he knew in just a few days, Lazarus was going to be sitting at the table passing him a biscuit. I hope some of y'all's eyes are starting to open what I'm saying. Sometimes we come to Jesus in a crisis. Sometimes we come to God in a crisis and we're in a panic and he's not. We're in a hurry and we need to see God do something and it seems like he's doing nothing. And when it seems like he's doing nothing, it makes us think that he doesn't care. Come on. Y'all ain't that good of people. Come on. We're more like them disciples than we want to admit. The storm's raging, the lightning's flashing. The, the, listen, the, the, the boat's filling up with water. We're, we're going to sink. We're going to die. And Jesus is asleep. And, and, and the first thing they said was, Carest thou not that we perish? You see, the devil wants you to think he doesn't care. The devil wants you to think that you're not important to him. That's why John said, before I tell you what Jesus did, you got to understand Jesus loved them. But here's Jesus. <laughs> okay. So not panicking. So not in a hurry. Tell them this is not unto death, but for the glory of God. As a prophet, watch this now. As a prophet, he's always on time. And remember, he didn't wait so he would die. 
He died before the messenger got to Jesus. What was he waiting on? His divine timetable. And when it was time, he said, fellas, let's go. What's the point? Your crisis may be at a critical stage in your thinking and your mind. And you may think Jesus doesn't care because it seems like he's not doing enough. It doesn't even seem like he's doing anything. But ladies and gentlemen, he's always on So here they come. Now remember, remember, this is the, when we shift gears, we're just in first right now. And it's whining high, but we're fixing to come in the second. Say amen. And Mo, we're going to get a wheel in second. Amen. As a prophet, he declared. As a prophet, he delayed. Didn't get in a hurry, didn't panic one bit. But as a prophet, he also discipled. Discipled. Where do we see him discipling? We see him discipling the disciples. Said, I'm glad for your sakes that, that, that I was not there because you're fixing to see something you ain't never seen before. And, and, and it's going to cause you to believe me like you've never believed me before. But then, not only that, he's coming into town. <clears throat> He's coming into town. Jesus and the disciples are coming into town. Martha gets word that Jesus is close. And, and so Martha leaves the house and she runs out to meet Jesus. And she comes to Jesus. And, 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 and you remember, now think about this. Think about this. She's already, she's got in her head, she's got in her head that Jesus said everything was going to be all right. That Jesus said the sickness is not unto death. But he, he died. How many of y'all will be honest, that, just for about five minutes in here, you'll be honest that there's been times in your life that you want to have a word with Jesus? Because you prayed and it didn't happen like you prayed. You prayed for someone else and God healed them immediately, but you prayed for your need and it didn't happen the way you asked it to. Don't be too hard on Martha. Don't be too hard on Martha until you've gone through what she's gone through. And she comes to Jesus. And this is, this is his word. This is her words to him. If you'd have been here, if you'd have been here, my brother had not died. See, she had enough belief in Jesus. She knew that if Jesus was close, this wouldn't have happened. She don't know what's going on. She don't know why this is taking place because she's done seen him do this so many other times before. What in the world is going on? If you had only been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus said he's going to live again. He's going to get up. Now watch what he's doing. He's, he's not only using an opportunity to develop the faith of his disciples. He's using this as an opportunity to bring something that's in the future to the present in the place of Martha. What does Martha say? Well, I know he's going to get up in the resurrection. When is the resurrection? Way in the future. But what did Jesus say? Honey, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. 
What did he do? He brought something that was future into the present and said, listen, that future event is really me. I'm the one that's going to bring him back then, and I'm going to do it now. Now watch what she says. She said, I know I know that, that, that God hears you. And even now, if you ask God something, he'll give it to you. Now remember this. She's not talking about bringing him back. Because you remember when they go into the tomb, when they go into the, uh, the, the graveyard, he, Martha's one said, hey, don't move that rock. He's going to stink. Uh-huh. Y'all have not read that part, have you? It's there. I promise you, it's there. So she was not referring to a resurrection. What she was trying to do, maybe God can salvage something out of this. You see, she's more like us than we want to believe. How many of y'all have had a mess on your hands and you just hope God could salvage something out of this mess? And watch this. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting more of this than y'all are. <clears throat> God's always got bigger plans than you do. She was just hoping that something, something he could do, but he was fixing to bring him back. And so his, as the prophet, he's teaching. Please get this. I'm telling you, it's going to make point number two so much more. As a prophet, he's not in a hurry. As a prophet, he's cool, calm, and collected. As a prophet, he's right on time. As a prophet, he's crossing the T's and he's dotting the I's. He's very administrative. He is a discipler. Are y'all with me? As a prophet, he's cool, calm, and collected. But watch what happens. He comes into town. Now Mary. Now Mary hears that he's close. Y'all know Mary. She's always at his feet. Y'all know there's only three times that you find Mary in the Bible, and all three times she's at Jesus' feet. And here Mary comes. Martha is the administrator. Martha, Martha is the planner. Martha is the go-getter. Martha is, is she, she's, she's the... She's the, she's the boss, if you will. I, I believe she was, she was it. She's the boss of the family. And this is how, this is how Jesus met her. But, but Mary, Mary's the emotional one. Mary's the sensitive one. Mary's the tender one. Mary, Mary is the worshiper. And she comes and falls at his feet. Now watch this, and watch this. In that day, even poor families had to hire people to help them grieve. Poor families would have to hire flute players to help them grieve. And, and depending on the size of the family, depending on the, 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 the wealth of the family, they would hire professional mourners and professional grievers to, to come and grieve. And, and so here we have this, this, this group of people who have been hired to help them grieve over their brother. And they're mourning and they're sorrowing and they're weeping. 
Now Jesus takes off his coat, his prophetic coat, and he steps out of the office of prophet into the office of priest. Now I want you to write these two things down. Let's talk about it. What did he do as a priest? The first thing I want you to see he did, he entered. He entered. The Bible says this. He is a man who is acquainted with grief. He is a man of sorrow. He is a man who can relate to brokenness. Are y'all with me? Say amen. What does it say in Philippians? Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What did Jesus do? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the majestic Son of God. I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, God's holy Son. He entered into our world. He entered into our grief. He entered into their situation, and he became acquainted with their brokenness. What did he do, preacher? The shortest verse in the Bible. What does it say? Jesus, Jesus wept. You see, as a prophet, he he seemed unconcerned. As a prophet, he wasn't in a hurry. As a prophet, he wasn't panicking. As a prophet, he seemed loose and he seemed uncaring because he knew what was fixing to happen in just a few days. He knew what was going on, but now he takes off the robe of the prophet and he puts on the robe of a priest and he steps into their brokenness and he steps into their sorrow and he steps into their tragedy. And as they weep, he weeps. He wasn't weeping. They thought, oh, how he loved this man. He wasn't weeping over Lazarus. He was fixing to call his name. He wasn't there. He wasn't grieving over the death. He wasn't grieving over the loss. He was telling them people, I feel what you feel. We don't have a God that's way up here and we're way down here. We don't have a God who cannot feel what we feel. He's acquainted with sorrow. He's acquainted with grief. The Bible says we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. He feels what we feel. There's times when we think he's the prophet. There's times when we think that he's way away and he's way distant from us and that he doesn't care and he doesn't know and he's not aware of my pain. He's not aware of my sorrow. He's not aware of my grief. But Jesus is showing him right now, I'm not just a prophet who knows. I am a priest who cares. Are you seeing this? Amen. And Jesus weeps. He's telling them all, I feel what you feel. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life I need the prophet. I need someone steady. I need someone who knows. Boy, there's been times I need someone who will weep with me. And I need someone who knows how I feel. 
I don't want somebody to tell me everything's going to be all right. I want them to get in there and weep with me. Matter of fact, when somebody tells me it's going to be all right, it makes it worse. Am I preaching this evening? But you see, Jesus, <laughs> he says, I am the resurrection. What, what are we seeing? What are we seeing in this, this person, Jesus? He will become whatever we need. The disciples needed calmness. The, the, the messenger needed assurance. Martha needed some teaching about who Jesus was. Mary needed someone to understand. And by the way, Martha came and said, if you'd have been here, my brother had not died. And she got a lecture. Mary came and fell at his feet and said the same thing. And you know what Jesus told her? Take me to him. Where's he at? Can you see deity and humanity together? Deity and humanity. Deity, he's so much God, he knew everything's going to be all right. He's so much man, he needed directions. See, y'all missed that, didn't you? Read it, it's there. He's so much God, he sees him coming out of the grave. But he's so much man, he says, can you show me where that's at? It's humanity. What, what, a, what, a, what a miracle the incarnation is. He's all God, but he's all man. Why is that important to us? Because if, if he's all God, he can fix us. And if he's all God, he can save us. He has power to deliver us. But if he's all man, if he's all man, he knows how we feel. <laughs> he couldn't be a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities if he didn't feel our infirmities. Anyway. How many of y'all are glad Jesus cares? I'm so glad the verse says, casting all your care upon him, for he, he careth for you. You know what those tears said? I care. You know, you know what those tears said? I understand. You know, you know what those tears said? I feel what you feel. But you see, He's got one more office to perform. He came as a prophet. He, he ministered as a priest. But when it came time to the graveyard, he had to put on the robe of a king. They come to the graveyard. <clears throat> Two things, and let's talk about it and we'll pray. We'll, go, we'll get out early tonight. <clears throat> We are, seriously, it's four minutes, 57 seconds. <clears throat> They're all, and we're not going to get that last point, by the way. So y'all can't count that one against me. <clears throat> that was extra credit if we got there. Amen, we're not going to get there. Uh, 
Two things, and, and, and we'll talk about it. First, he challenged. As a king, as a king, he challenged. This is what he said. Now remember, you remember, the whole point of all of this is so they'll believe. The whole point is so they'll believe. So Mary will believe. So Martha will believe. So the disciples will believe. So the, so the strangers that's with them will believe. The miracles are there so they will believe that He is the Son of God and by believing they will have life through His name. Are y'all with me? So He challenged them. So how did He challenge them? He said, move the stone. Now, now wait a minute, Jesus. I, I don't know if you were aware or not, but uh, He's been in there four days. And by the way, here's the thought. I have read, I have read, some commentaries believe there, there was a superstition that the spirit would hover over the body for at least three days. And, and, and sometimes would come back in the body. And, and, and so what Jesus do? He waited four. And, and so Mary's concerned about this. And Mary's saying, what do you mean move the, move the stone? If we move the stone, Jesus, he's, he stinks by now. He's done, been decomposing. And, and you know what she's saying? It's too late. How many times, how many times in your life has the devil jumped up on your shoulder and told you about a situation in your life and the first thing he wanted to tell you, it's too It's too late. You should have been here sooner. It's too late. It's too bad. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's too far gone. He'll say it about ministries. He'll say it about marriages. He'll say it about relationships. He'll say it about partnerships. He'll say it about everything. It's too bad. And all I want to tell you is anything too hard for God. He challenged them. You know what I believe that stone represents? I believe it represents unbelief. You know what? You want to have a resurrection in your life? Get the stone out of the way. Get the stone of doubt out of the way. Get the stone of unbelief out of the way. Get all of those things that's hindering you from getting something from God. He said, move the stone out of the way. He challenged them as a king. He challenged and as a king, he conquered. He called Lazarus' name. One writer said it this way, if he didn't call Lazarus' name, every dead man in the grave would have got up. <laughs> well, he is the resurrection. Amen? So here's what we have. Here's what we have. As a prophet, he waited. Say it with me. As a prophet, he as a priest, he wept. Say it with me. He So as a prophet, he waited. As a priest, he wept. As a king, he won. Let me, let me, let me, let me read a verse. <clears throat> 59 seconds. Here we go. <clears throat> the Bible says, now what, what's all this about? What's all this about? Why do we need to know we have a conquering king? Why do we need to know we have a powerful king? It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, 
In other words, if he's only a healer, if he's only a fixer, if we only have hope in Christ on this side, if he has no power over the grave, if he has no power over death, it says we are all men most miserable. Are y'all with me? It says 1 Corinthians 15, 25, For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Is death. Preacher, what are you saying? We've been fighting an enemy all the way back to the beginning of time, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Death came by sin, and so sin passed upon all men so that all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death, and we've been fighting it. It's been an enemy. We spend money to keep it from us, but guess what? It's going to get all of us, but one day, honey, it will be destroyed, and we'll say, oh, grave, where is thy victory? Oh, death, where is thy strength? When we come up brand new, say amen. And the only reason we can conquer death is because of our King. Will you help me give glory and praise and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Come on, somebody say amen. Yes. He's our King. He's my King. And He's your King. I want to show you a video and we'll be dismissed, all right? <clears throat> Get them lights if you can.
Any questions? <clears throat> Amen. How many of y'all are glad he's our king? Father, I pray that you'll help us have a great week, Lord.